Welcome to the Teen Life Podcast, where we equip, encourage, and empower the helpers of teenagers. Hey guys, this is Chris Roby, uh, your host today, and we are heading into a special short series on 13 Reasons Why Season 2. So uh, we're going to do things a little bit different uh, than we typically do. Um, I'm going to be interviewing Carly Duke. Say hi, Carly. Hey, guys. And Beth Nichols. Hi. So Beth is new to the podcast. So Beth is part of the Teen Life staff. She is uh, our new program director and also um, has watched 13 Reasons Why both seasons. And so is Carly, obviously, as well. And so we are going to do a format where uh, me, who has not seen the show, not that I don't want to, I just had a lot to catch up on. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be interviewing these guys uh, who have who've, uh, seen the show both seasons, and Carly's also read the book, correct? Yes, I just finished the book this week. Yeah, so she's like our expert. And oh, yeah. She's like the 13 okay. Reasons Why nerd. <laughs> expert. Yes, exactly. So uh, what we're going to do with this series is we're going to not, we're not going to cover episode by episode. Uh, we're going to cover major themes that we see in the show, and these themes were outlined in kind of a uh, after piece of, uh, of 13 Reasons Why called Beyond the Reasons that you can also watch as well. Um, right, on Netflix. On Netflix, right. So it kind of uh, uh, distills the show into about an hour and in the, in the main themes. They interview different uh actors and actresses who characters writers of the show and some experts on the big themes and so uh, you will see some of these themes that we're talking about over these five episodes in that show as well if you want to get more information on that uh you want to talk about spoilers and all that too sure so just so this is carly um beth and i I don't know if you need to kind of distinguish our voices i probably should yeah yeah it's okay Uh so this is carly talking Uh but um we did want to give a brief this is going to have spoilers in it if you haven't watched 13 reasons why but you really want to and you don't want to be spoiled maybe you should go watch it and then come back um however this really is aimed towards helpers who maybe haven't even seen the show they've heard about it they've heard teenagers talking about it and that's what we're here for we're here to walk you through it and kind of let you know here are the big themes and here's what you can do about it here are the conversations we want you to have with teenagers especially if they've seen the show um so there will be spoilers um and then we will be talking about some content that if you have little kids in the car or if you're at home with little kids you might not want to be listening to this there um obviously we're going to keep it appropriate but there are some graphic things that happen in this show and we're going to cover those and we're going to talk pretty frankly about them mm-hmm. and beth knew the podcast but she cusses a lot so oh yeah watch out <laughs> yeah, a lot so. And a lot, we, don't, we don't have enough bleep, bleep buttons for her. So. Make sure you send that to my mom. <laughs> That's right. Proud. So uh, one of the reasons that we're doing it this way is we, uh, as we solicited feedback uh, on what what people want to hear about, we've noticed that a lot of adults just don't really plan on watching the show, right. but they really do appreciate the conversations that are happening with teenagers and the themes that are being drawn out. And so doing it this way really works for us. So if, if, even if you don't plan on watching the show, this this should be very, very helpful for you as well. Exactly. So, well, and I'd love, if it's okay, to kick mm-hmm. off just with a brief, if you know nothing about the show, mm-hmm. I just want to, I'll be brief. Mm-hmm. So once again, if you have not watched yeah. the show, spoilers are coming. Um, but this is based on the book by Jay Asher um, called 13 Reasons Why. It's about a character, Hannah, who is in high school, and um, she decides to kill herself. But before she does, she records 13 tapes Um that cassette tapes. So she goes old school and she records cassette tapes. And on 
a side of each of the of the cassette tapes, she lays out a reason why, and there are 13 total, and they are all people. And so she talks to these people and tells them, this is why I chose to come myself and you are part of the reason why. And what she does is she gives the tapes to the first person and has them pass them down. And so all these students, all these high school students are listening to this girl talk through her reasoning behind suicide. Mm -hmm. um, and so the first season covers suicide. It covers rape. Um, it covers... Um, parents, it covers counselors not stepping up, it counselors bullying and stalking. I mean, there are so many things in the show. Um, and so season two picks up, which is mainly what we're going to spend the next few episodes talking about. Um, it picks up after a few months after Hannah's death. Um, and the main character, Clay, you'll hear us talk about characters and we'll try to explain them as well. Um, but it picks up with Hannah's parents are going after the school blaming the school for Hannah's death, mm -hmm. that the school knew that she was suicidal, knew that she was being bullied, um, that she even talked to the counselor at the school and he did not do anything to help her. And so they are going after the school. So it picks up the background behind season two is all these students, all these teenagers are coming in and testifying in court. And so that's the underlying story. And then we'll talk through also what happens. But I wanted to give you a little context. If you know nothing about this show, that's where we're coming from. It's all... Hannah is already dead in the series, but it's still coming up consistently through season two as well. Absolutely. Anything you'd add to that, Beth? I would just add that it's interesting to note, like in the first series, Hannah does all the kind of commentating. Everything is totally told from Hannah's perspective. And in this second series, it's added where it's told from all the different students' perspectives, but also several of the adults' perspectives. Mm -hmm. And so it adds like a different element and different sides to the story than just season one by itself. Right, right, correct. Right. So today we're going to talk about intervention uh, as, as, our, as our very first theme uh, from 13 Reasons Why, season two. Uh, we're going to spend some time talking about the different ways we saw uh, the, the students intervene on each other's behalf, adults intervening as well who didn't intervene, what's the cost of not intervening, um, and some different ways uh, towards the end that uh, we as helpers can intervene on the behalf of a struggling student or empower a student to do the same for someone else. So they started in with uh, an active school or a potential school shooter, right? Um, with, with, with the uh, 13 reasons why, but beyond the reasons they started talking right. about that. Right. So um, talk, talk us through what was going on with that and, and the intervention that happened and maybe how we wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Right. So we actually, that's actually the very last episode is right. kind of how it ends. And just so you know, too, they have already um, greenlit a season three for 13 Reasons Why. Right. So we are going to get more 13 Reasons Why. Mm -hmm. um, it is making a lot of money for Coming Netflix. Coming your way. Mm -hmm. um, but this is how it ends. Um, and there is a student named Tyler who is um, bullied. And you see signs throughout the whole movie of him starting. He makes a new friend and they start pulling pranks on other students and then they start shooting guns and then he kills a bird on accident and you see this struggle in him and then he gets bullied um, and then he gets in trouble and gets sent to a different school but when he comes back um, is sexually assaulted and we'll talk about this in another episode too more in depth that part but is sexually assaulted and so um, he decides enough is enough and comes to the school dance with a gun. And I think throughout that whole storyline, there's several different places when parents or friends intervened in his relationship. And so um, he got caught shooting 
at cans and bottles in the woods. And so the response to that was actually to teach him how to shoot a gun more accurately in the context of a shooting range as opposed to having a conversation about where those weapons came from and how he had access to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Carly touched on it, but they, a school intervened at one point after he had pulled a prank at the school and they sent him to an alternative placement. Um, it was more than a prank. It was really vandalism. Right. He was placed in alternative school placement. And so when he comes back, one of the interesting things about that is he's trying to use some of the things he learned while in that other educational placement. And as soon as he tried that, it was immediately after that that he was sexually assaulted, which then triggered the coming to to the school with guns. Mm -hmm. So Right. And so, like we said, he shows up at prom. So he's not during school hours, but still shows up at prom. Um, and people hear that he's coming, his friends hear that he's coming, all these other, there's this band of students who are the reasons why, um, and you see the, them band together in the series, but they hear he's coming, and so Clay, the main character, steps out of prom, they tell them that someone's calling the police, but he steps and confronts Tyler with the gun in his hand, mm-hmm. um, which... For the record, 13 Reasons Why I said this, and we will say this also, not, not a good idea. Not, not a good, good idea. idea. <laughs> not a good idea to tell students to do that. Um, however, there was relationship there, and so Clay felt like he could talk him down. And they do end up talking him down. Clay takes the gun from him, and they get him in a car with another student to try to get him away from the school and to try to defuse the situation. I know, Carly, you were talking about, as you were watching it, um, you are telling me, there's a school shooting coming here. Like, like you really oh, thought you, 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 you felt it like you all roads were leading towards that. Um, and then it didn't end up happening. Um, and partly because of the intervention, and who knows if, you know, the other interventions that, that happened along the way made it possible for him to be diffused at the end, you know, relationships that were built and things that happened, even though some of them didn't work, maybe could have right. contributed to that. Well, and someone from the show actually said that they wanted to show that you can walk to the edge and not go over it. Mm-hmm. They wanted to show a different side to Hannah's story. She walked to the edge and she went right over it and mm-hmm. she killed herself. And this is an example of a student walking to the edge and having a crisis moment and deciding to back off, hmm. which I thought was interesting that they chose to show it that way. So, I also think that what's really interesting in Tyler's storyline specifically is there's a lot of interventions that seem to be more effective like when he went to an alternative placement and he seemed to have learned some skills that he was showing when he came back combined with things that were not effective like taking him to the gun range and so you see positive and ultimately what turns out to be negative interventions that push him in a direction or another so what do we learn what do we learn from that uh is that is that that we should only try for really sure it's a it's going to be a positive outcome or we just try everything I mean I think you try everything but I think as Beth said there has to be conversation too Mm -hmm. and when his parents took him to the gun range it was not tell me how'd you get these guns tell me about this new friend that you're hanging out with you've never been interested in guns before what changed Mm -hmm. is something going on at school to cause this change that conversation never happened instead they just took him and taught him how to shoot a gun where might not have that might not have been as negative had they had those conversations and had context for what was going on. Right. I think there's also an element to, if you are not sure, then you need to figure out who you can ask, mm-hmm. whether that is a counselor or a therapist or someone at the school. If you've had an event at school, then those are people that you should go and ask as well. Mm-hmm. And so instead of just trying to figure out on your own, you need to be able to identify what are the resources you have available to you to find out the information you need to know. Right. 
because it exists. It's out there. It's often just a phone call away that someone else can walk you through it if you're not sure which direction to go. Right. Right. There are some alarming statistics in this uh, in this episode uh, surrounding sexual assault and intervention. And uh, uh, talk about the uh, the one in six uh, stat. Um, So basically, um, and like I said, we have a whole episode coming up later on um, sexual assault. And so we'll get into this more. But the thing that really sets off Tyler um, is that he's assaulted um, by males at school. Um, And the statistic they gave is that one in six men have been assaulted. Um, And I just don't feel like you hear that statistic very often. Mm -hmm. It's much more realistic for you to hear it from the female side. And so um, that statistic is alarming, but it's more, they also said it's more difficult for guys to admit that it happens. And so that's kind of why you don't hear it very often. Um, There's a stigma that comes with that. It's kind of taboo. Um, They're less willing to talk about it. Exactly. Right, right. You know, another intervention that we see uh, with a student intervening on behalf of a student is with the case of Sky and her uh, her cutting. Talk a little bit about what uh, what that situation was and what was done to intervene on behalf. Right. So just briefly, Sky is so interesting because season one ends um, with this girl who's very much isolated and by herself and clay the main character sees her throughout the whole time and sees that she's kind of struggling and it ends the very first season ends with him saying hey sky and like running up to her and so reaching out so taking from what they learned from hannah no one reached out no one um helped her and he goes and does that for sky and so then season two picks up and clay and sky are actually dating and clay um sees that she's been cutting that she's been self-harming and makes her promise to call him um, if she thinks about doing it again. And mm. if when you watch the show, that does not actually help. She ends up in the hospital. She continues to cut. Um, and then eventually he seeks. catches her and she says they're old cuts. And he's like, no, they're fresh. Right. Mm. And so he said, but well, you promised you would call me. She was like, well, it doesn't always work that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so... You see him trying to intervene, and I think he's doing the best that he can. Um, but it's not till later in the series she actually goes to a rehabilitation like center. She like gets an inpatient hospitalization, right? And she gets help. Um, and I think she, you find out that she um, is bipolar, and so there's more stuff going on with Sky, and she needed more help than a peer and a boyfriend saying, "I need you to call me." Right. Well, we'll talk about this some in the next episode on recovery, but you know, it could be probably so discouraging for that character clay's character that you know i told you to reach out to me and you didn't and and but he continues to to stick with her and and she ends up you know getting to where she needs to go another another intervention that happens is uh is with justin and his character talk a little bit about justin what he's dealing with i'll let i'll let beth start on this one Um, All right, so Justin, in season one, walks in on a sexual assault of his then-girlfriend. And so following that assault, he is carrying with him a lot of guilt and shame that he did not stop the assault from happening. Mm -hmm. It's sort of kind of his backstory from the first series. And so coming in, he is not initially in this series. And you find out that he has run away, basically, from home, is homeless, he's living on the streets, He's using, started initially with using some pills and has now moved on to heroin. And so uh, Justin, actually Clay and another character 
go and get Justin and bring him back because he's supposed to testify in this court case. Mm-hmm. But he's been using drugs and he is super high when they get him. And they bring him back and hide him in his parent in Clay's bedroom, supposedly without his parents knowing, which we both feel like is very unrealistic. Totally yeah, unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. But they wouldn't know. And so uh, even in after or the Beyond the Reasons, they talk a little bit about this. Um, saying you want to step in and you want to help someone who's in a bad situation, but it's probably not a great idea to detox someone in your bedroom. In your bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin is very sick. He's throwing up all over the floor. He's running high fevers, all of which would potentially be characteristics of detoxing. Um, but you can also end up in a situation where you're going to need immediate medical treatment while you're detoxing. And so um, – it's a good thought to want to help someone who is using drugs, but it's also a very fine balance between what is going to be an appropriate way to help and what someone gets really sick and now they're in your house. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and the show did a good job of um, this is not a glamorous scene. No. They very much <laughs> wanted to set the precedent of addiction is not glamorous. Addiction is not something that you want to mess with because watching him detox is incredibly painful and it it comes and goes i mean like he gets worse and then he gets a little better and then gets worse it's not a straight line either Mm -hmm. at one point he's like walking down the street because he feels better and then he starts throwing up in the grass Hmm. which just hits him and he's back to being really sick and they like basically have to almost carry him back to the house right and so um i mean we deal with teenagers all the time who are using various drugs um and substances but like we said, this is not, we are not advising that a student for sure needs to do this um, on their own without the help of adults or even without the help of a professional. Even adults probably don't need to try to detox a student in their home by themselves without seeking um, help. Well, and they talk about Clay's character really acting on emotion a lot. A lot, a lot of the decisions he oh, makes totally. are, are, are emotional decisions. And, you know, something just internally with teen life that we've tried to start talking about more when we're helping students is asking the question, what does this kid need? Right. Mm -hmm. And so whenever you're thinking about intervening on behalf of a student or encouraging your student to do so is asking that question because Clay needed to be in a, professional facility. Justin, Justin. Did I say, I say Clay? I'm sorry. Sorry. Thank you. Justin needed to be in a, in a, in a supervised place where he could detox safely and get the care he really needed, not in this kid's bedroom. Right. Right. And so, so if that question was asked, honestly, that might've been what he actually got. I will say there's an interesting dynamic between Clay and Justin in the series. And so Clay went out of his way to get Justin and try to walk him through the detox process. Mm-hmm. And then later in the series, Clay is in a very dark place and is holding a gun to his head. And Justin is the person that can step in and help talk him out of that situation. Mm-hmm. And so there is a dynamic to, I know you're willing to stick your neck out for me and I'm willing to return that favor. That is very interesting to watch between those two characters, especially, but it goes back to, if you're going to intervene, what's the most appropriate way to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So we, we're going to talk about adults really more towards the end of our series. Uh, but there is a, an intervention that could have happened. Mm-hmm. That didn't, uh, Carly, you want to talk about that with the, with the baseball coach? Sure. So this season takes place during baseball season. And so it really revolves around a key baseball player that we'll talk about in some other episodes, but the baseball team in general, um, get into trouble, um, 
they're using drugs or steroids, I believe, probably a little bit of both. both. <laughs> um, they also are using a facility, a baseball facility to... Um, it's called the clubhouse. The clubhouse to engage in sexual activities, mm-hmm. and the baseball coach knows about it. And you know this because the baseball coach says, hey, drug testing is happening today. Um, if this is going to be a problem for you, come visit me in my office. And this is not a come visit me in my office so I can get you in trouble and so we can have a conversation. It's a come visit me in my office and I'll take care of it for you. I'll give you what you need to pass this drug test. I'll give you fake pee for it, your cup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> you very, you see this figure who could make a difference, who could intervene in the lives of teenagers and say, hey, enough is enough. We've got to stop this. And he doesn't. Mm-hmm. He helps them actually continue to do that. And he yeah. also helps with other adults as well. Like you see interactions where the baseball coach is interacting with the school counselor and other school staff basically saying, hey, I appreciate that you're interested in sexual consent. I appreciate sure you're interested in substance abuse and bullying, but basically back off my voice. And so mm-hmm. just watching how he had the opportunity because he knew what was happening and he just wasn't willing to step into that. Right. He was more worried about how he was perceived and about sports being successful. Correct. Right. So, you know, silence, not saying anything, backing off is uh, just as damaging as maybe even acting in a way that you, you know, trying to intervene, but maybe not getting it right. Right. right? right. Exactly. Yeah. So one of the topics that is obviously big in the national conversation right now is suicide and suicide prevention. Um, seems like we, uh, it, since high profile people have, uh, been dying by suicide lately. We're just talking a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the show's original premise was about suicide this season, not as much. But we, I feel like we need to have a, that conversation about suicide, about some things uh, that could help someone who is suicidal. We have some podcast episodes specifically on this in our second season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so definitely go back and listen to those. But talk a little bit about um, about some of the signs of, su- of someone who might be suicidal. Um, what we could do, uh, how we can intervene. Well, I just read the book and I was told um, actually by a couple of um, former students of mine that I kind of put out on Facebook, like, hey, I'm watching this. What questions do you have? What comments do you have? Um, And I was told you need to read the book. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not necessarily appreciate the way that the series handled um, Hannah's suicide. Um, I think they tried to do it in a way that was realistic and that was even jarring to try to discourage suicide, but that is not how the book handles it at mm-hmm. all. That's not how Jay Asher chose to handle it. Um, but what's interesting is that in the book, you have a conversation between Clay, the main character, and um, another character named Tony, and they talk through the signs were there and we didn't see him. We mm-hmm. missed it. With Hannah, we missed these signs. She cuts her hair. She completely changes. She chops off all of her hair and changes her appearance. Um, the night before she kills herself, she goes to Tony and tries to give him her bike. She's giving away possessions. Um, she writes a poem and a letter in class and puts it in a anonymously, but people pretty much knew who it was, um, puts it in a teacher's bag about suicide and asking the question about killing herself. And so there were signs that were there. And so they talk about, we missed it. And how did we miss this? And mm-hmm. we weren't looking for it. I think that also goes with, I recently attended a suicide intervention training um, that was pretty in-depth, and they talk about a lot of those signs and any type of behavioral changes. So if you have a person who's been very down for a long period of time, and all of a sudden everything is okay with the world, that might be potentially a sign hmm. because they've decided that they are going to die by suicide and that is they're 
excited to at least know that the end is in sight. Mm -hmm. So any dramatic like behavior shifts Mm -hmm. in the way that the person interacts or their attitude or mindset is also a sign. And so I think in the conversation, what they talk about the signs, but what they also hit on is that they never, ever asked her. Right. She wrote a note, but the teacher never made any effort to determine who actually wrote the note. She brought it up in class at one point, but never identified a student or talked to people that she was concerned about. And so um, being willing to ask those questions, being willing to say, have you ever committed to or considered suicide? Do you have a plan? All of those questions are appropriate to ask. Mm-hmm. And they touch on that in the second season because at the very end, two of the characters, Jessica and Justin, are having a conversation. And he says, have you ever really thought about doing what Hannah did? And Jessica said, no, like it's been really hard, but that's never been an idea for my mind. Mm-hmm. And she says, have you? And he basically says yes. And so it's interesting to see how those are shifting throughout the series. They're starting to have those conversations where in the first season there just wasn't. No one ever asked. Like it was everywhere around them, but nobody ever stepped in and said, hey, are you considering mm-hmm. suicide? Right. And I think it's so important for us as adults to know to ask these questions. Um, like you said, we'll talk about the role of adults later in the later in this podcast series. But Hannah's parents did not ask questions. Um, and there were some pretty big signs. I think if my child completely chopped off their hair, I'd at least kind of raise an eyebrow and be like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. there was never a conversation ever that happened between Hannah and her parents. Um, but we also have to educate our students to look for this too. And not to handle it on their own, but to say, hey, I noticed this about my friend and I probably should ask him. Or I should at least let an adult know so they can ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so students are the ones that see their friends every day. And they're the ones that notice these little changes. And so like you're saying... It can be any sort of behavioral change and not even for suicide. I think some of these signs showed up for Tyler before he brought a gun to school. And so um, whatever crisis there is, noticing the signs and then knowing where to ask questions. Right, right. And I will say, um, because this we're recording right on the trails of Kate Spade's death by suicide and Anthony Bourdain's death as well, uh, there's been a lot of news out there and they provide all these hotline numbers and places that you can text if you're in that situation. And um, I had a conversation just this last week with someone who was concerned about a teenager. And I said, you need to ask the questions. And she's like, specifically? And I was like, yes, say, mm-hmm. like, are you planning on killing yourself? And she was kind of taken back by that. And I think that people just need to be aware, like you need to be direct with that. But I think also part of the awareness when it comes to the teens and youth that we work with is um, people that have been in that situation that have been considering suicide that are not in that situation anymore often say, I'm not going to go and call a hotline number. Like this is about community and my mm-hmm. friends being around me. Right. And this particular person uh, posted on social media, but it said it was really about the people that showed up at my house when I didn't answer my phone hmm. much more than I was going to reach out to a hotline number. Right. And so I think that it, we have to really empower as a part of this conversation, empower the youth and the teens that we work with to say, hey, if you're concerned, just ask. And if they say yes and you don't know what to do, then come talk to us or come talk to the school or the resources that are in those spaces. But knowing, because ultimately that's who their community is. Mm -hmm. When you're in high school, you have a community of sorts in that school. Right. And so educating them about that is a huge part of this. Right. And we'll put all these resources that we're mentioning too in the show notes. And like you said, hotlines are great for some people, um, maybe not for every student. 
But even asking, have you ever considered suicide? Have you thought of how you would kill yourself? That question is really important too. And kind of asking, how far along are you in this process? Have you just thought, man, it would be nice for this to end? Or do you have a plan in place? And those take different steps. But the schools have great resources too. That's one thing, 13 Reasons Why. And season two did a better job of showing. Season one showed, I would say, no positive adult relationship intervention at all Mm -hmm. the counselor was inadequate the school did not help (laughs) and so but we want you to hear too your schools have people and have resources that can help you so if you don't know what to do or if your student comes home and says I think my friend um, is struggling and I think they might kill themselves go to the school counselor and Mm -hmm. reach out to that school if you don't know where else to go absolutely and I think there's a fear uh, from adults like if you if you ask the question are you planting an idea (laughs) and the research says no no the research is really clear that if you ask are you considering killing yourself you're not giving somebody an idea yeah either they're already on that rabbit trail or they're not on that trail Mm -hmm. and so um when in the conversation i had last week they're like well what do you do if they say no i said then you just continue the conversation about why you were concerned and see if there's anything else that they need. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're answering yes to the question, then you keep asking questions. Mm-hmm. Do you plan to kill yourself? If the answer is yes, do you have a plan? Mm-hmm. If the answer is yes, do you know when? Mm-hmm. So you get all those details um, until you get to a place where either there's a hundred percent plan in place and it's scheduled for tomorrow at one o'clock mm-hmm. and you know that that's where you stand and you know exactly what the plan is mm-hmm. or You get to a place where the answer is no, and then you backtrack to how do we keep you safe for now? What is the current conversation for the short period of time? Because the Mm -hmm. research also shows that most people who attempt or die by suicide, it's usually a very short period of time where they're in that window. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get past that window, it doesn't mean they never go back to that window, but it means that once you're past that period of time, then the outcomes are very different. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, Carly mentioned the the big question at the end of season one is we missed it we we didn't see you know how or how do we miss it mm-hmm. basically and what we want, what we kind of want to end this uh, podcast with is uh, how can we not miss this stuff so that we can intervene mm-hmm. um, on behalf of someone who is hurting um, who needs help uh, and we we really believe that uh, we've all been given an intuition and sometimes we just don't we don't use it or we're not as in tune with it as we would like to be. Uh, and with teen life, we, when we train our volunteers, we, we, we talk about indicators, intuition indicators. So basically, um, places to ask and, 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 and places that, um, are almost like holes in the armor for a teenager. Uh, and some of those include, uh, their version of the story is really, really important. So their own discernment where, even if even if their discernment of the story is completely wrong, and you know, and you know it's completely wrong, it's okay to ask and to listen to what 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 is their actual story here. Sometimes it's inconsistencies in the story where, as you talk to a student and they are um, sharing and they're talking about something that happened, and then two sentences later there's something completely different it's easy to think that a student is just being deceptive with you when that's not necessarily the case maybe they don't have the story in their head well enough and so instead of assuming that they're just dishonest ask the question like hey you you'd mentioned that this happened then but you're saying something different help me kind of reconcile that without being accusatory um sometimes it's it's uh, just strong emotions we get really 
uh, off put by a teenager who cusses or says something that's <laughs> strong in your direction. So as adults, if we can be the adults and not let that stuff uh, scare us and understand that there may be something behind those really strong emotions, it's really important. Uh, patterns are very important as well. And, and I think this really played a role in, the, in this uh, in this show is just different patterns of behavior, um, like especially with Hannah, with cutting off the hair, with giving stuff away, with, you know, there's, there's something here that's different. So a pattern of behavior that is off from what we normally see, we want to be uh, looking for. So really want to encourage you to, to use your intuition. If you feel like there's something up, there probably is something up. Um, and you can approach a, a teenager and ask the question, hey, I'm, I'm just noticing this, and you can tell me that I'm wrong, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I want to make sure that I know what's going on here. If you just cut your hair off or dyed your hair purple or whatever, hey, it's, I, I noticed that. <laughs> um, right. You know, is, is everything okay? Is there something that uh, we're missing? I think it's important to note in those conversations, if you ask someone, Hey, I noticed this, is everything okay? And they say, no, there is a seed that is planted there. Mm -hmm. Like they are paying attention. They're noticing. So mm -hmm. maybe six months down the road when something is going on, then they know that you're potentially a person mm -hmm. they can come back to. Mm -hmm. And so those small being willing to ask questions really can impact and cycle back around. You're building connection. And that plays out yeah. to you in the, the series. You can see right. where there are places where there is connection that people are willing to go back. Mm -hmm. uh, ironically, in 13 Seasons Why, a lot of it is with Hannah's mom. Mm -hmm. She has a lot of relationships with the students that were on the tapes. So it's interesting to watch how she is in a position to step in and ask some of those questions and have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right. Anything else on this? I don't think Take so. We... Um, Obviously, this show has made a splash. Um, both seasons that have come out, there's been a lot of news. There's been a lot. We've gotten a lot of people saying, I'm concerned. And even parents, um, teachers, counselors who maybe haven't watched it, but hear their students talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so keep coming back. We're going to have um, more episodes. We're going to talk through more pieces of this. So we encourage you to come back. Um, like I said, we will also have all these resources on our website. So you can go to teenlifepodcast.com. And then we'll have all the resources for you to catch up, um, for you to see um, 13 Reasons Why also has a website that will be linked on there as well that has a viewer guide. Um, we encourage you, um, if your student has watched this, please have a conversation. Um, we might even encourage you, if they're watching it, to watch it with them. They probably mm -hmm. don't need to be watching this by themselves. Right. Um, as an adult, it, it was a hard series and season to watch. And so have these conversations, um, and they have resources out there for you to watch them as well. And join us next week for episode two, where we talk about recovery. We're really excited about that episode. Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.